if I'm watching someone who has really, really stiff ankles, their shins stay really vertical. It's almost right. like somebody squatting with a low bar back squat. If I watch somebody squat with mobile ankles, there's more dorsiflexion, their knee can track forward. So the way this carries over to acceleration is that if I have very stiff ankles, my for my shin angle will not be as steep and I'm not going to be able to accelerate as rapidly because of the lack of range of motion, the lack of mobility in that ankle joint. So what I heard from you is that mobile ankles literally make you accelerate faster or have the capability yes. to accelerate faster. Yes. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Master of Sport podcast here with former American record holder, two-time world champion, co-author of the year, Earl Kunkel. Man. That's pretty it sounded like all that was former, though, too, instead of like some of it being like current and present. <laughs> it's like, shoot. And present. And present. Yeah. Except for the American record holder. That was well, the that's only one. that's gone. Yeah, that one demolished. By non-existent. Jason yeah, I don't think anyone's touching him for a bit. No, until they, it's, it's almost unfair. Yeah, unless they like change the weight classes again, and it's yeah, like, oh, true. here's a new one. He actually just for some reason I I just thought of you because he he like retired. Oh yeah, good then, for him. Then he like started coming back like lifting for fun. Yeah, like, he's like, ah, I'm just trying to get back in shape. He's like 39 or something. Right, dude, he was power snatching like 125. Yeah, he's super awesome. It's like. How are you doing this for fun? You're almost 40 and you're working a full-time just job as a construction worker. Super explosive. Yeah. The guy's just like a muscle hamster, just a ball of muscle. A total twitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> total twitch. <laughs> um, speaking of twitching, we're talking about mobility and speed today. Ooh. Twitchy, twitchy, mobile twitchy. Yeah. Overly, I don't know necessarily overly mobile, but we want to talk about how mobility exercises actually make you faster. Or give you the potential to be faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. I mean, I I think it's like, uh, I think what's interesting is like being being at the world championships for track and field and being around, like seeing Usain Bolt at his last world championships. Uh-huh. Seeing, you know, uh, Shelly Ann Fraser Price, seeing uh, even some of the best sprinters in the U.S., like someone like Allison Felix, watching them warm up. It's really, really entertaining and in a good way and just fun to consume what they're doing because you start to see what are the habits of literally the fastest people. In the right, world. right. These people can't be caught by no. other people on right. legs. Like it just doesn't happen. Right. They're like, there's 10 of us. We're here for this little bit of time. Give us 10 seconds of your life. And, and then watch. Yeah. And consume it and have fun. And it looks sort of just like, hey, everyone can run. It's like, yeah, everyone can sing and play drums too. But, you know, <laughs> What's there's definitely the like talent or like level of expression of what it's being done and how it's being done. I, and I think it's even – so I actually – this is another another weird one is that I've been on a flight that was like six hours with Kenny Bednarik because one of the – I think he might have won the world title this year. Either got, I know he medaled in the two. Um, and he, and he's in the mix in the hundred too. I mean, he might've won. I, I need, I don't know the men's races as well as the women right now. All right. Freak. Yeah. <laughs> On the flight and this getting into this topic, it was like every 30 to 40 minutes he was getting up, you know, rolling out his hip, rolling out his glutes, doing stretches, 
walking down right the in aisle. the middle of the aisle he's yeah, just like i like, don't care <laughs> yeah it's like dude this guy literally is so in tune with himself similar because when you and what made me think of that is you had just mentioned the the about anybody can play drums right anybody anybody can sing everyone plays drums and sings fair <laughs> to, to, to the degree of you know is it someone is taking care of their instrument like i was envisioning a, a master violinist okay you know taking care of their strings putting the resin on it yeah the way someone like kenny bednarik was dealing with his body you know on the on the flights and stuff and, and you watch you know noah lyles world champ in the hundred actually now everything's coming back to me about this in the, in the, in the 200 you watch someone like noah lyles and it's like this dude is spending 30 40 minutes prepping for their race prepping for the warm-up prepping for that proper for 20 technique. seconds of yeah, execution of his, yeah exactly so it's it's an interesting thing that we on the back end on the consumer side don't get to see unless you're watching it unless you're in the warm-up yeah area so it makes it very entertaining there's this whole like uh, foreplay to how fast you can be abs dude <laughs> yes the foreplay of the, the foreplay, foreplay of fast <laughs> I feel like someone's going to go somewhere with that and be like, yeah, all that foreplay for 10 seconds of <laughs> <Yeah>. pleasure. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. That sounds like me. So what are we going to be talking about here? We're talking about mobility for speed. So okay. like you gave us this whole like, hey, look at my experiences having the privilege of like being with these elite athletes and what I noticed. Yep. Um, so I guess we could start with defining mobility. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so I would look at mobility one as passive, to a point, passive range of motion without any inhibition, without any like issue, but then also stability through that range of motion. So if I'm able to, uh, and I, I think we've talked about this before, whereas like this would this would be flexibility, yeah, pulling, pulling my thumb your thumb all the back, way back as far to, as you can, yeah, versus. The, the depth that I can push my thumb back is mobility. And that's gotcha. going to be, you know, same with shoulders, same with the hips, and same with the knee and, and the, the lower back and the ankles. So that's going to be mobility is essentially how much of a – what's the range of motion that you can move through and maintain stability? Um, so that would be my definition of it really is, is what can I actively move through um, and hold that stable versus a large range of motion that's going to be passive, so sort of forced through that. But you know, you might not be able to hold that position stable. All right. So I got like two questions around mobility and that definition. Why should we have mobility, especially with being fast? Like- so I, I, I think there's a couple factors. Is like think about. I almost like to think about the hip as as the point of rotation like almost like the fulcrum, I guess it would be the axle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like, if, if my hip is extremely tight, there's going to be a limitation on the, the height of my knee. Okay. There's going to be a limitation. Um, even, even as I would be, you know, extending my hip, driving my leg back, uh, and especially coming out of the blocks, if I lack mobility in in specific areas especially if even if we're talking about our ankle um if i'm not uh able to hold that stable and i even like to think about it more more uh, instead of saying rigid thinking about it being elastic if i can't have an elastic ankle or an elastic hip 
and it's not as as mobile, then that's gonna there's gonna be a limitation on my stride length. There's gonna be a limitation on how much power I can put out, and then a limitation on my speed, my top end speed. So if I'm hearing you right, mobility is necessary for a larger range of motion to go faster. Yes. And through that larger range of motion, we want the stability, but ideally it's elastic, so it has this like tenacity to it, like this explosiveness to it, this yeah. power to it. Yeah. And that elasticity is that representation that comes about. Yeah, yeah. And I think a good way to think about it would be like when I think about elastic, if you can envision like a kangaroo. Okay. Or like, you know, around here, you see a deer running. You see a deer running along the side of the road or something or out in the field, and it's just like this crazy bounding and essentially what what if you can think about that each stride is going to be similar to that it's just a little bit more rapid in a biped it's going to be a little bit more rapid but that that elasticity is what we want to see and if we're lacking any range of motion or any mobility you know especially if you think about coming out of the blocks okay if i have a lack of mobility uh let's say in my in my hip with Good. Hip. You're getting into how this relates to speed because that was my next question. Okay, <laughs> keep going. So if I <laughs> lack that that hip mobility or or even lower back mobility coming out of the blocks, I might have a posture that's too far forward, which can then uh, lead and put me into too much of a forward lean from my chest. I might fall forward. I might, in, in most cases, outside of Maurice Green, most sprinters are going to have. Uh, some type of, of hamstring issue if they have too much of a forward lean coming out of the blocks. So if you look at how 100 meters is set up, um, those first four to six strides are 100% pivotal to the entire race. Yeah, it's and a make or break type yeah, of thing. It sets the whole race up. And if I can set that up with a proper cadence, I could hold top end speed to 80, 85 meters. And this is going to be this is not just going to carry over in the 100 meters, the 60, the 200. It's also going to carry over to the football field uh, if I, if, or soccer field, wherever. If I lack mobility in my hip or in my ankle or in, you know, even in my lower back to a point, that's going to lead to uh, a negative impact. If you ever watch somebody squat who has really stiff ankles, okay, this is actually a really good example. If I'm watching someone who has really, really stiff ankles, their shins stay really vertical. It's almost right. like somebody squatting with a low bar back squat. If I watch somebody squat with mobile ankles, there's more dorsiflexion, their knee can track forward. So the way this carries over to acceleration is that if I have very stiff ankles, my for my shin angle will not be as steep and I'm not going to be able to accelerate as rapidly because of the lack of range of motion, the lack of mobility in that ankle joint. So what I heard from you is that mobile ankles literally make you accelerate faster or have the capability yes. to accelerate faster. Yes. It's like even if you can't put the accelerating accelerator down to go fast, your actual top end speed potential is there. Yes. It's higher. Yes. yes. Um, so with that more mobile ankle, is there any place where that could be a negative? Like – and I just say that asking because I don't know. Like, I, does that impact your top end speed when you're at maximal mechanics? Then I think the big factor has to be like when you're. It's it's being able to understand that people will have a negative connotation that that mobility is directly related to flexibility, which it is. But people think about flexibility. Flexibility, they might think of like a, a yoga instructor that's like. Yeah, when you're stretching versus when you're yeah. actually doing something active. And act, and that's not to say yoga is not active. It's yeah, it is. It's just 
a more dynamic active Correct. than an isometric active. Right, exactly, exactly. So if I have a very flexible or mobile ankle, could it theoretically lose elasticity? Ticity. Yeah, so it's like you've just got to be aware that that could be uh, a likelihood in someone who's not as athletic. So as I listen to that, it's like the elasticity versus the flexibility when it comes to sports performance. We need the mobility to a point, but only as far as the elasticity remains. Yes. Yeah. Once you start compromising the elasticity for the mobility or for the flexibility, you're losing the mobility that's needed or required. Which is really hard to do in the ankle joint, but it's possible. So, yes, exactly what you just said. The other thing I wanted to bring up is someone uh, now, if you have somebody who's really stiff ankles, typically people with flat feet will have a little bit uh, stiffer, meaning tighter, like they don't have as much range of motion through their ankle. It's important to keep those individuals to keep that ankle joint as mobile as you can be with it because they do have a greater ground surface area uh, for for running. That they, they are fast. They they they. You're will saying be. if you're flat foot, you you could be faster because more of your foot touches. Theoretically, the yes. All right. Yeah, and it's not perfect, um, but they also will typically have tighter ankles so there's they're going to be a little there's more a balancing yeah yeah exactly so it's just being aware of that with somebody who does have flat feet versus somebody who has arches that's another factor that has to be brought into play um and it also has to look at what's the sport if you have somebody who's like a defensive end i'm thinking about miles garrett i know he's flat-footed okay he's one of the best dns right now in the nfl watch his 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 shin angle when he's coming off the edge and how steep it gets. And then if he hits a spin move, even then how we, how well he can shift his hips because of the mobility he has in the, the way he trains, he's able to do that at very, very high speeds because of the mobility. And that's where ankle mobility elasticity, I almost think is what the word should be. And same with that. Um, actually like a and E ankle yeah. elasticity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> ankle elasticity and that hip point, and if we think about the fulcrum, that's essentially the point where everything's... You mean the axle, the hips the are the axle. axle yeah, <laughs> so the hip is the axle. Everything's rotating around that. If that is smooth and elastic, that's going to make it snappier, and that's going to help that individual who's already wired to be able to produce I have this force. vision of, like, a wheel, and there's, like, all these, like, legs coming out of feet, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's just like, circling, and they're just going and tumbling it's through. Like a, it's almost like a Flintstones. Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> of that nature. Um... Let's talk about some exercises quick that you could do to improve this like mobility for speed type of idea. So I always like starting from the feet and I would go PVC pipe walks first. And then after PVC pipe walks to maintain that elasticity, I would do something like an isometric hold, you know, with the, with the heel unsupported. Um, and like in a split squat or something like y- that. Yeah. And Put your foot on a step. Yeah, exactly. Or a slant board if you have one of those. Yeah, exactly that. And that's like... Ways to get some active range of motion work, but then also that stability work to maintain the rigidness. So it's sort of like training both sides of it. And then I sort of just like to work up through it. I think anything that you can, if you have a tendency to hurt your hamstrings, one, it's going to be beneficial to do passive, like to just do like uh, normal passive stretching of your hamstrings. Okay. But two, also strengthen it, strengthening it. Uh, with movements like a razor curl or a hamstring pull, like a Nordic hamstring. And then at the same time, 
working on your posture while you're running, that's going to help protect your hamstrings. And then if you can get into doing things like couch stretch, hip 90-90, pigeon pose, those are like, you know, and then hip articulation. Those feel more like flexibility type of stuff. Yeah, and then the, the big one would be like um, hip articulating uh, – uh, it's like hip arcs basically as you would you would bring your leg up onto a hurdle slide your leg back and forth to yeah, really stimulate that hip girdle. it's um i think when i see that movement done i think of like a glacier movement yes, over real, as if you're going over a hurdle yeah it's this like controlled range of yep. you're not trying to snap it there and get it back it's like all right it's i don't want to say it's isometric but it's you know, it's taking the BPMs down to like 20 yeah, instead yeah. of like that 120 let's dance. It's like, let's just swoon right now. <laughs> yes, it's exactly <laughs> like that. You know, and that's where that's where someone that who w- does have tight hips, they might start doing those and leaning to one side over the other. And then as it gets through three, four or five sets, they start to feel those positions open up. And if you can do those as a warm up. Then all of a sudden, now you can you can hit that, and then you can go do some sprints or some hill sprints, whatever you're doing, and your hips in a more more mobile position. And now you can train in that more mobile position, and that's why these these people are warming up for so long yeah. at the World Championship. They're trying to get every little degree out of their out of their hip, out of their ankle, out of their back, out of their even their even you know even potentially to their shoulders if they're running really really tight with their shoulders, and then that translates that could translate to half of a a one less half stride down the track which could be thousands at that of dollars, level yeah is millions of dollars whatever it's a difference maker yeah um the other thing too i think that wasn't said but was quietly alluded to when you were talking about hamstrings is the fact that all this mobility work prevents injuries and that prevention of injuries allows you to train and at, actually compete which like, is always a plus 100 percent. and that's the other thing is like if you can get somebody who does have tighter hamstrings, okay? Let's say you have somebody who has tighter hamstrings. When they have tighter hamstrings, if I put them, they do a Nordic curl, okay? They're going to have such bad cramps in their calf that they might only get one or two reps. If you can consistently lengthen their hamstring and get them to do 10 Nordic curls, like boom, down and up really, really well, dude, that cramping, one, it goes away. Two, any those people are typically going to be more prone to hamstring issues, and they run that way too. But now, because they're doing mobility work in their hamstring and they're strengthening it with a hamstring with a Nordic curl, now over time, that doesn't happen anymore. That almost completely alleviates any of their hamstring issues that they're going to have. If you can get to the point of doing 10 hamstring Nordic yeah. pulls, it's like disappears. No more hamstring injuries for you. Let's go to the audience questions. This is a Reddit DL per 11. When doing different clean variations in the past, I noticed I could significantly increase the weight if I slowed down. Caught, almost rested the weight at my hip crease and then thrusted or humped the weight into a catch. I recently taken up cleans OLs again with the Peak Strength app. I basically lift as hard and as fast as I can. However, there is very little hip contact. I should do more. My question is, was there any benefit to the higher weight, lower velocity, big hip thrust version of these lifts? Or is pure speed the way to go for the biggest athletic benefit? Okay, well, I would I would bet that this individual Sounds was like, like arm bending, almost like bent over rowing, boom. placing it yeah. in, and then doing a glute bridge, throwing their head way back. My argument would be your hamstrings are weak, and because your hamstrings are weak, that's why you're bringing the bar in with that little little bit of a bent row from the elbows. 
I my whole thing then would be to make the posterior chain more engaged, slow the pull down to the knee the way you describe, but then after the knee, you've got to accelerate it. If you can accelerate it after the knee, that's when you're going to see a better transfer. That's when you're going to see bigger jumps. That's when you're going to see more action from the hamstrings into hip extension from the glutes as well, from the glute max communicating with the hamstrings as well. That's going to lead to that better uh, impulse really. And that's where you're going to see better performance versus that slower, you know, I, I don't want to sound too negative, but that slowing it down, it's like making the exercise dumber for your body to be able to handle yeah. it. So it's like you're you're sort of you're sort of altering the test instead of training towards the test and, and training to beat the test. So that's where I would say try and try and get to that slow pull to the knee, then light it up with good hip contact longer arms until after you make contact uh just a little brush yeah and then you'll be good <laughs> all right youtube community spiros cardia caritas i don't speak greek like you do i was gonna say he's i don't have greek. greek friends like you do <laughs> uh, i have syrian friends um what is the ideal tempo of the reps of a set for athletic performance the ideal tempo of the reps of a set for athletic performance Okay, so is that would like be like the unbroken or type idea. Yeah, that's that's sort of or like. It... I mean, it depends on the exercise that we're doing, but I I would say, um, I'll give I'll give technical coordination, absolute strength, and accessories. If we're doing a lift like a power clean, a hang snatch, a power snatch, I want to see very controlled, like, actually based off that last question, yeah, right? Controlled. controlled to the knee, and then boom, it's super explosive. Okay, as rapid as possible. And I want to see this typically done on the minute. That's the best transfer over to, to the athletic realm. If we get into absolute strength, like a back squat, front squat, bench press, that's where I want to see nice control and hold at the top. And then down, boom, 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 good unbroken reps that are controlled unbroken reps, not flailing all over the place, but moving it as controlled as possible at the highest speed possible with still having control that would be the absolute strength and then with accessory movements i would add a little bit more of an eccentric three to five second eccentric but then as rapid of a concentric as you can possibly get and that would be the the answer to the the best um the best momentum or shit with uh tempo, ideal tempo, tempo. tempo. The, yeah. that would be the ideal tempo why can i not think of that word because your brain's foggy <laughs> so long day it has been a long day yeah. that's accurate yeah. we were shooting at a, the raw milk farm this morning it was a long day so focus on those tempos make sure that you're maintaining the elastic mobility yeah. when you're sprinting know how it transfers to your specific sport know how it transfers to the track and always make sure that you move things basically as fast as you possibly can with decent te technique. Yeah. Until next time, peace. Later.